Thank you for tuning in, everybody. This is the I Like Bird Show. I'm your host, Zach Rippey. Uh, this is the first ever episode in the live studio uh, with multi-cams. We got Taylor uh, back behind the boards. Taylor, say hello to the people. What up? And we got Mr. Dustin Watts, uh, my pastor, my friend, my spiritual counsel in front of me. Uh, Dustin, say hello to the people. Hello, friends. Yeah, uh, yeah, we got cameras. We, which one do we look at? We don't even know. We're just going to look at each other. Whatever one we want. Yeah. All right, there we go. Look at that one. I like it. It's looking at me. Yeah, we appreciate everybody tuning into this one. Uh, we know we're going to have some uh, awesome video footage from it, which I feel like a lot of people, it's, you know, one o'clock in the middle of a, of a Thursday. Uh, so a lot of people got stuff going on, but uh, I'm excited for the video footage of this one. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful display. Dustin, you dressed up in your in your usual, you know, you got to stay on character. Right. And uh, super appreciate you being here, man. Uh, you're like one of my go-to guys for everything I feel like in life. We have great conversations. I even talk about you in my book, 21 Days in Africa, quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to really, uh, for the first one, bring you in uh, because you're number one, my go-to guy here. And uh, I wanted also people to really just get a, get a, put a face to a name that they see. Yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit about the stuff that you that you do uh, in life uh, with, with uh, your career and the way you help people and the way you're a pastor and the way you lead people in ways that uh, benefit them. Uh, financially, mentally, and spiritually. So my first question I got to ask you right off the bat, because mm -hmm. this is something that um, I feel like is just going to benefit people so much, so much so, and just want to hear a little bit more about your story. Yeah. Uh, so what has being a pastor taught you about personal finance? And what has a personal finance advisor taught you about being a pastor? Ooh. So that's a deep question. That's a uh, multifaceted. So that's what we do here, baby. I'm going to give you a little bit of my background, a little bit of my story and kind of, uh, I got to give you some context into who I am to be able to answer that, that question. Who are you, Dustin? So my name is Dustin Watts. I'm not going to tell you my middle name. It's Rosier, R-O-S-H-I-E-R. <laughs> not going to tell you, but yeah. it's Rosier. It's a cool family name. In fact, I didn't really know it was my grandfather's name until he passed away and I saw his death certificate. I always knew him as Bill. Mm -hmm. His name was Bill. His actual name was Roger, but he went by Bill. So anyway, Roger is a cool family name. So Dustin Roger Watts. Um, I, I have an amazing wife. Her name is Catherine. She's children's pastor at our church. She's gorgeous. She's absolutely amazing. And then I have three daughters, 13, 10, and uh, an almost two-year-old. So we had a little bit of a gap there. Mm -hmm. And everybody asked, was it a surprise? No, we were, we planned it. We just, I, I thought we were done, but God said, no, mm -hmm. no we're not done yet. So the reason I bring all that up and kind of give the family backstory is because it's really interesting talking about, you know, pastor and personal finance. So I was raised in church. Uh, my dad's a pastor. I love, I love church. Um, I'm what you would call like, I, I, even when I'm not at church or in church, I'm looking at other churches, what they're doing, listening to other sermons, all that kind of stuff. And I've been that way since really, since I was a kid, mm -hmm. I was raised in church. That's what we do. So church was a part of my life. God obviously was a part of my life. He wasn't really the main key of my life, to be mm -hmm. honest, when I was younger, it was very focused on, um, when I was younger, it was very focused on church and the idea of church, not necessarily being, being a Christian, being a believer, being a Christ follower, or disciple, mm -hmm. right? Because it was the, the, the culture that I was a part of. And so, uh, being a pastor, um, was like my ultimate dream. Like mm -hmm. some people grow up and they're like, they want to play, you know, you know, they want to play, you know, left field for the Texas Rangers and hit a grand slam in the whole, in the, the world series. Right. Or they want to grow up and be president or something like that. Not like me, I was like, I'm going to be a pastor. Um, and that, that was, that was what I wanted to do. And so my dad, uh, props and credits, to my dad, my dad kind of raised me to be a pastor. 
Like I was reading John Maxwell at like 12 years old. Really? So yeah, I, I mean, the 12 indisputable laws of leadership. I mean, like that's, that's, that's a part of, you know, part of my vernacular is part of who I am because I read it when I was young. And so I've been raised to be a pastor and got into the ministry uh, really kind of at age 16. I was a student pastor at age 16. I had like, you know, kids who were seniors in high school that were part of my student ministry. And, you know, it's kind of weird being a 16 year old student pastor, but God gave us grace and we, we did some cool things. Well, as that happened, I kind of transitioned and uh, got a got a promotion from student ministry to children's ministry. I became a children's pastor and did that for a few years. And one of the things I learned specifically from from kind of being a student pastor to children's pastor now to my my role in adult ministry from all the way from from being a kid um, pursuing ministry and and that's what I want to do. I want to be a pastor all the way up to to today. Is that a lot of people view being a pastor? And a lot of people view ministry as like standing up on a pulpit mm-hmm. at a pulpit and preaching. Absolutely. That's exactly what they think of. Right. Because that's as, yeah, as all a, we know is yeah, as, as, as a member of a church, yeah. that's, that's what I see a lot of times from, from the pastor. Right. So I thought that that was ministry, man. I started working on my craft as, as a, as a, as a preacher. And I was like, man, I'm going to be the best communicator out there and I'm going to preach and preach and preach and preach. And, um, you know, I really wasn't that good early on, yeah. <laughs> like most of us, you know, we're all, we all learn at, at the things we're working on. But um, one of the things that, that I, I kind of began to learn and understand and realize was that ministry is not about being behind a pulpit. Mm-hmm. True ministry is being with the people, spending time with people. John Maxwell, referencing him a second time, John Maxwell says, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm. Right. So I can That's get up. Good from behind a pulpit and preach something and preach this amazing sermon. And it's, it's, it's viewed through a filter, right. it's viewed through a lens. Absolutely. Right? And so being able to, um, being able to kind of break down that lens as early as I can by having a relationship with someone is very important. Right. And so you talked about, you know, how does personal, how, how does my, 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 my ministry connect with, with, you know, my, my role in, in finance and in personal finance and kind of what I do with personal finance. Well, being in ministry, you know, there's a, there's an emphasis on spending time with people and loving people, mm-hmm. right? That's the role of ministry. That's that's what a pastor is. If you look, you know, God, Jesus' definition of a pastor is a shepherd, yep. right? We're, we're taking care of the sheep. Well, Jesus loved his sheep. He gives the parable. He loves those sheep so much that he was willing to leave the 99 to go get the one. Right. Why? I would assume because he knew who that one sheep was. It wasn't just a sheep out in the flock. He knew that one sheep. He had a relationship with that one sheep. And so um, for me, from a personal finance side and the the, the guidance that I offer from a personal finance side, for me, it's, it's not me up, you know, kind of uh, banging a drum. Hey, you got to do this, you know, to have, you know, great personal finances. You got to do this to, to, you know, experience financial freedom. It's taking the time to sit down with someone Mm -hmm. and unpack what's going on in their world. Yep. Right. From a, not just a finance, but personal, professional, financial, unpack what's going on in their world. And then spend the time to guide them, to build a plan tailored specifically for them and guide them. Well, that happens in the financial world. That also happens in the ministry world. Mm, right. Elaborate on that one. Like, like for you and I, when we first met, when we first started hanging out, spending time together, I loved hearing your story. Like I was so fascinated with your story. Well, I wasn't just fascinated with your story because, you know, for whatever reason, I was fascinated with your story because I generally care about you. I want to know about you. Mm -hmm. I want to know about your past, know about your world, know about what's going on. Well, then you began to unpack, hey, these are my goals. These are my ambitions. These are my dreams. These are the things I want to accomplish. Well, 
not that I'm like some super brilliant, intelligent guy or whatever, but, you know, I'd kind of seen uh, in, in my, my experience in ministry, kind of seen uh, similar situations mm-hmm. where you're growing in your walk with God and, and you're feeling the call to ministry. And I was able to kind of use my experience or my knowledge to kind of lay out some ideas and some concepts for you. Hey, yeah. if we attack this and this and this way, this will put you in a position to be able to do this. Right. Mm-hmm. And then what's most important is, you know, on the financial side, I build out that, that plan and spend that time developing that plan. But I don't just like, here's your plan. Go have fun. Good luck. Right. You know what I mean? There's follow-up. There's consistent conversation. Why? Because I genuinely care. Right. And that's what being a pastor shepherd is. A pastor shepherd is genuinely caring for people and loving people. And so that when the opportunity comes to be able to, to give encouragement or to give guidance or to give direction, there's a, there's a, a a perspective of, well, he's not just doing this, you know, to, to, to make a buck or he's not just doing this because he's supposed to as a pastor. No, he's spent time with me. He knows my situation. He cares about me. So the things he's telling me, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. They have, they have a little more weight. Absolutely, carry a little more weight. And I love that that answer because I've, I've lived through that with you throughout the time, and I can speak to people listening right now that like that's exactly who you are. It's, it's the, the sitting down and like opening the door of, uh, of your knowledge of, 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 of ministry, and you, you laid it out all in front of me. You're like, well, you could go this path or this path. There's pros and cons to each path. Uh, speaking as far as, um, do you want to go to like, you know, a mega church, you have to go through seminary, you have to do this. You want to go to a non-denominational church. You just want to kind of get more of a, a biblical foundation. I recommend destiny leaders Institute. You open that door for me right then and there. Yeah. You've, um, you, you have ties there as well. So you were able to really facilitate just all the, all that went into it. Uh, Calvary ended up sponsoring me to go through it. Uh, and then from there, it was just like, we kept building that relationship through the ministry. And then along the way, you were like, yo, if you ever need anything, you know, financial um, advisor, helper, anything like that, let me know. And at the time, I didn't I didn't have two nickels to rub together to be able to even come to you. You know, I was yeah. just like, bro, like you're barking up the wrong tree, brother. Like I'm a waiter at Bar Taco and I do stand up comedy sometimes, you know. So yeah. uh, and and the world just shut down, I think, around that time, too. I was like, yeah. so I don't do any of those things anymore. Like I got Biden money. You know, I got the, I got the government checks coming through, you right. know, but and that, that, that actually uh, was definitely helpful, of course. But. Um, at the time it was just cool because I I feel like it just kind of happened naturally. And I feel like, uh, for you, it's been really cool to to see, you know, you build those relationships with people and, and, and it's almost like you don't have to knock on people's doors. They come to you just based on y'all's relationship. So I think that's so cool that, that you're able to offer that. And that's why I even, uh, recommended my best friend, Mikey, you know, come and talk to you and you guys have great, great rapport and relationship already. And, uh, it's awesome that you, you customize your, you know, you're, and I, and that's so true. You're always there for people like throughout the entire process. And I think that that speaks very highly of, of your, um, of your, your, your personal financial advisory and your ministry blending together. Yeah. I think that, you know, a lot of times what happens, a lot of trans, a lot of relationships in life are very transactional, mm. right? You, you, you meet someone, you have a conversation with them and then it kind of shuts off and it's done. Whether right. it's, you know, sometimes it can be a pastor or a ministry leader or somebody that you're involved with at the church where you, you have some kind of interaction with them, have a, have an interaction that, but then it feels been very transactional because it never continues, right? There's never a, a follow-up. There's never a relationship building aspect. And, uh, one of the things that I try to do best I can, I mean, I, I think, I, I don't think we can do it for everybody that we come in contact with, but mm-hmm. one of the things I, I, I really genuinely try to do is to continue to build relationship. You know, uh, and I think there's a, there's the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us and kind of gives us some direction and whether, you know, this is, hey, this is going to be a, a tight long-term relationship or this is going to kind of be an acquaintance and 
but at the same time, I don't want people to feel transactional about my interaction with them. Right. I don't want them to feel like, hey, you know, we had this one interaction. I got some information from him or I, we had this one interaction and he gave me, you know, he gave me, you know, told me where to go on the church campus to get to this specific room. And then I never hear from him again. Right. right? I want to be able to do my best to remember their name and to when they come back in again, you know, whether it's at church or I, I meet with them a second time, you know, from a financial perspective, I, I want to be able to to do my best to remember and and let them know that I that I cared enough to not let it be transactional, right. but to let it be truly relational and truly build that relationship. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if you think about it, that's what that's what Jesus is is calling us to do. You know, in in, in all of our, no matter what career field you're in, no matter yeah. you know where you're, you're you're flipping burgers or McDonald's or you know you're a C level exec at a at a Fortune 500 company. Right. The whole goal is not to be transactional; it's to be is to have relationships with people, mm -hmm. because life change happens in the context of relationships, and whether that's for us or Life change, life life change for for them, for the people that we're interacting with. That's so good, and it shows it shows the power of of building relationship is is discipleship, and then also I love that your your accounts you, you counsel people well. You know, you counsel me through ministry, through life, through experiences. Actually, uh, you were one of the first people before you even knew I was writing a book. Suggested I write a book, go along with the podcast, send it off to people, and you know, uh, potentially getting speaking opportunities. You know, so it was cool because while I was writing this, I was going through a difficult season financially, and you were you were just there for me. You know, like through all that and encouraging and in, in, in all regards of that, and it just it's cool because that counseling goes so far. And I feel like I wouldn't have never considered having a financial advisor if it wasn't for that counsel that you bring to the table, but also showing that like you truly care. So because, you know, I'm a DIYer for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, it's like you 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 can never deny good counsel. And and when you have, you know, the financial freedom and financial peace, you're able to focus so much more on the other things that you truly care about and that you're passionate about and opens up doors for opportunities. And have you experienced that with your clients like over a longevity period of time? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, you know, I think when, when the, the, the idea of counsel, you know, there's, there's, there's sometimes there's unwanted advice. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people, when, you know, when somebody comes to you and is like, Hey, what are your thoughts on this? Like, everybody's like, you know, word vomit, let's get as many words out as we can and like tell them everything and, yeah. and lay it all out there. Right. Uh, but the problem is, you know, there's a lot of times it's, it's analysis, you know, it, it's paralysis by analysis, right? There's so much information that it's like, you know, so trying to be able to, you know, um, I had uh, a, a mentor in my life one time, two things he told me when I first started, you know, preaching and communicating publicly. And, and he heard me preach and communicate and shout out to Bishop Ron if he, if he listens, but he told me, he said two things. Number one, you need to slow down. Mm -hmm. I said, what do you mean you slow down? He said, you talk way too fast. All yeah. right. And you, I do. You and me both. Bro. I, do. This I is, do. This is for the listeners that are cool with it. Though. <laughs> right. Well, here's the deal. You know what? The faster you listen, the better you retain the knowledge. So we're trying to help you like, you know, listen yeah, faster. Right. Exactly. Well, he said, number one, you need to slow down. He said, number two, you need to put the cookies on the bottom shelf. And I was like, mm -hmm. all right. Especially I, for men. I like cookies. Let's, let's do, let's do cookies. Right. Chocolate mm -hmm. chip. I'm in. I'm happy. What he was saying is sometimes you've got to simplify things, you mm -hmm. know, like, one of the most challenging things that that we do in ministry, and it's true in the financial world as well, is you take very complex topics, right? The very complex topics like the market. Who understands the market? Nobody really understands nobody, the market. Nobody. And no, you know, who <laughs> understands, you know, theology? Like we have obviously people with degrees in theology and we have pastors that preach and, but man, the Bible even says, Hey, there's some mysteries yeah, you're not going to yeah, understand. God is a mystery for yeah. sure. There's some things you're not going to get until you get into heaven. Right. Mm -hmm. But we take these very complex, almost mysterious topics 
And in ministry specifically, we find a way to take that and break it down and communicate it in bite-sized chunks mm -hmm. where people can receive it, mm -hmm. right? And comprehend it and understand it and then apply it. Right. You know, if I try to, if I try to tell one of my, you know, one of my daughters, Hey, you know, you, you've got to do this, 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 and this, I give them a list of five things to do right, right on top of each. Well, they're going to forget. Right. For sure. Unless they write it down, which we're working on that, but yeah. most likely they're going to forget. Mm -hmm. But if we give them one or two things to focus on at a specific time, then they're able to embrace that and focus on it and work on it, you know, and, and, and develop it. And so, you know, you mentioned counsel and all that kind of stuff. And I think one of the things, um, one of the things that's important is being able to communicate and break down things um, in a way that 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 can be received. Mm. That way, you know, one of my prayers that I pray anytime and anytime I speak, and a lot of times when I mean I even do this with with my financial planning meetings, you know, I, I pray that that ears would be open to hear what's being spoken, um, mind would be ready and prepared to comprehend to understand what's being spoken. And then heart would be ready to receive because once it gets into a heart, then it comes out in our actions and it comes out in our, in our, in our deeds. And so when, uh, when kind of navigating through all that, that's, that's one of the things I pray. And that's one of the things that I, you know, I, I want to be able to communicate things in ways as a communicator to where um, it is simplified enough for mm -hmm. all those, those three things to take place. So an answer, short answer, shortened answer to your question. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I have seen it. I have seen that, that, that sustainability, and I think it's because you know I'm I'm a simple thinker sometimes, yeah. so I try to put I try to put things into terms that 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 people understand based on kind of what I what I understand. And another thing you do great that I've noticed is you really connect people well, you know, and that's that's a true beauty. Like I've learned from you how to connect people, uh, even if some something so simple as like you have somebody in mind that helps. I think it was like we we're um, I was we were struggling to get a loan for the house at the time, and I just remember you just being like, oh, I got a few people I can you know connect you with, and then next thing you know, I'm in a group chat with you and this person. You're connecting us, and then boom, you kind of like hands off, like all right, but you 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 extend the offer to be in the group chat. Now I do that, you know, if somebody needs something, I'm like, oh, I'll put you in a group chat with them we'll figure it out yeah. and i think that just goes such a long way because then it's like that person receiving that message is like oh, i don't want to let dustin down you know like <laughs> yeah. but if that person just reached out you know it could have been like you know um buried in a text or something like that or an yeah. email but the fact that you bring them together and it's like a uniting thing i think that's so helpful and it's so beneficial and it, and you don't ever come off as a guy that networks i, I don't even like that word because it's transactional it's very yeah. like take from you give to you on all that you're more so like Yo, let's help each other out as like a community aspect. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if you know, I think you know this, but my wife and my um and my fam my wife's family are trying to do like a homestead mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. We're trying to have them all move out to the land and you know do some things in community, very centric, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and helping each other out. We're building relationships with farmers, you know, all this like little nitty gritty stuff that yeah. that goes on in that in that world. And we're we're very early into it, but still that that power and that value of of having a community is so important. I feel like you've built that in Burleson. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel, I feel called to Burleson, Catherine and I, you know, we've talked about that quite a bit. My, my wife, Catherine, mm -hmm. both right. of our wives are named Catherine, hey. so my Catherine, <laughs> uh, you know, we've talked about that quite a bit, uh, you know, kind of finding, finding our home. We found our home in Burleson and we love Burleson. We love the community. And then now that we're a part of this community, in this community, we want to, you know, the, this, this can sound very shallow at times. And, and I hope it doesn't come across that way because you know I, I don't mean it to be shallow. We want to, we want to be influencers in the community mm -hmm. and not influencers for, for our gratification or for, for us to look good or for us to be known. Jesus influencers. There you oh, go. Yeah. We want to be known in the community so that we can, we can be an influence for Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. And, um, Amen. you know, that was part of, you know, that was part of my transition into, into, to the financial services industry, you know, 
and, and also still being able to be a part of ministry, be in ministry. And I love what I do as a pastor at Calvary Church, but also be able to play a role in kind of helping people in the day to day, you know, the day to day of their lives on the, on the financial side, because, you know, um, my, my family, we read a proverb every morning. We read a chapter of Proverbs every morning and I love it. It's so much fun. In fact, we talked about it earlier today. I love Proverbs so consistently and so regularly talks about your motives and your intentions, mm. right? Why you're doing things. Um, in fact, I think the proverb for today, um, Proverbs 20 was, it was something along the lines of the light shines on the intentions the, the 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 light will shine. God's light will shine on your intentions and kind of reveal mm-hmm. what's going on. And I think that um, building a community and building a network of people, if it is transactional, the motives come out. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. If, if I'm building a network just so I can, you know, build my client base, or if I'm building a network just so I can, you know, I I can you know do something for me, right. self-gratification or something to gratify me and, mm-hmm. and help me look better or feel better. I think people sense that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Ungen- it's ingenuine. Yeah, yeah, right. And so I think if the intentions are right and the heart is right behind what you're trying to accomplish, then I think God honors it, number yeah. one. And number two, I think people sense it, you know? Absolutely. People get it. And so for me, you know, the networking aspect of, of kind of what I do, you know, I know God's going to honor what I do. I know God's going to bless what I do. We've received and seen that blessing mm-hmm. of God on our lives. And so uh, if I can make a difference in someone's life, and that's a that's a big part of what I do is I, I want to make a difference in people's lives. If I can make a difference in people's lives, that's what I want to accomplish, right. you know? And I think people sense that and feel that. And so networking, I mean, it is a, you know, for, for lack of a better term, networking. Networking, um, I, I do want it to be relational. Right. I do want it to be, uh, you know, I, I mean, sure, if somebody returns something to me, great, but I'm not going into that relationship trying to get something in return from right. them. I'm going in with the true intention of helping make a difference in someone's life. And that truly separates you from, I don't really know that many financial advisors, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not in that golf club, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm not in that realm of uh, of company, but I don't really know, you know, but I, I think that does separate you. And and this is something that I talked about in the last episode that I did um, because it's really God has put it on my heart. In my subtitle, I have ministering to the one in front of you in, in mm-hmm. the book, uh, 21 Days in Africa. Go, yeah. uh, go pick it up if you haven't, if you're listening. Uh, it's on Amazon for 10 bucks. It's worth it. Uh, it's, it's worth it, I promise. There you go. I appreciate that, Dustin. Uh, but ministering to the one in front of you, I started thinking because that was like the whole, like the, the main, you know, thing that I pulled away from Africa. It was really, there was just this long list of needs of people there that just felt like you were just constantly adding something else to the list. And it could be very overwhelming at times, you know? So I asked my mother-in-law, I was like, hey, how do you like deal with this? Because it's like, it's on her, you know, essentially. Yeah. And uh, the pastor there named David. And she says, it's just the one in front of you. It's just the, the one thing that's the, the, the need that's in front of you right then and there. It's like you help that one and then hopefully they they help others and it spreads and it, and it kind of just grows the gospel from there, right? And uh, so I started thinking about that. You know, the book is out now and I'm on the other side of it now. And I started thinking like, how can I minister to the one in front of me still away from Africa? You know, and I started really... Uh, leaning into like what what I feel I've um, accomplished through through God and through like uh, the ministry, and a lot of it is you know creating a um, an opportunity for other people to feel special, another uh, to encourage people in their passions and their pursuits and what they got going on because there's so many people that that lack self doubt. Mm-hmm. Or uh, to have self doubt and lack self confidence, yeah. and I want to like build people up and minister to them in a way that encourages them to take the leap of faith 
because on the other side, it's like the, the fruit is there and the, and the blessings are there. And God's going to guide you through that if you trust in him to get to that other side of whatever passion it is that you have. Amen. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that you do very well as well, because you're like, you don't need me to, um, you know, join as a client for financial advisory. You, you want me to succeed regardless of what I'm doing in life. And mm -hmm. I feel like that goes a long way with people. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it, it kind of goes back, you know, I tell people, you know, ministering, ministering to the one in front of you, I think is, I, I want to hone in on that mm -hmm. because I, I think that's important. So a lot of people ask me, you know, I, I it's kind of funny. I, I, I think it's funny at least, you know, I get, uh, I get asked, you know, everybody asks, how you doing today, man? Oh, I'm doing good. Yeah. You know what I mean? When really they're not. Right. Like, it's, it's a, a horrible day, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a write off. I like that. It's like, I don't really want to dive into it. You don't want to hear what I have to say. So we're just moving on. Yeah. It's, I'm good. I'm good. Keep it, keep it casual. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, one of the things that I say is I say I'm taking it one day at a time and, and like people don't really know what that means, but it means a lot to me. Right. <laughs> right. Because, you know, there's things going on in life that if you, if you, if you zoom out and look at the big picture, you're like, oh man, this is horrible. Mm -hmm. uh, like my life is going down the drain. This is going to be horrible. And you get overwhelmed. Yeah. Right. Sure. And, and, and so my thing, I'm taking one day at a time, you know yeah. what I'm tackling today and I'm going to do my best to make today the best day that I got. That's right? so good. Yeah. The, the best I can. Well, I think the same is true when ministering to the one in front of you. It's 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 ministering to one person at a time, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, I, I think that if we if we look at the big picture from from a ministry standpoint, there's so many people that need God. Mm -hmm. There's so many people that are that are struggling with addictions, that are struggling with with self image views, that are struggling with doubt and fear and anxiety and stress and depression. I mean, it's 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 everywhere. Yeah. Right. Even in our families, like, you know, we, we deal with it with people that we're closest to. And if we look at it all from a big picture, it can become very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. God, I, I don't know what to do. You know what I mean? How do I do this? Like, is, is, is my, is my contribution even worth it? Because right. there's so much, you know, so much hurt and, and chaos and sin in the world. But the reality is ministering the person in front of you one day at a time, one person at a time who's sitting in front of you, how can you be a blessing and minister to them? Mm -hmm. And then what I find is, you know, we, we preach it at Calvary and it's, it's, you know, pretty prevalent kind of in the church world. You know, there, there's a, there's a journey to fulfillment in your life. Right. And that journey and fulfillment is knowing God, having a relationship with God, finding freedom, getting free from the things of your past, the sins, the weights, the things that are, that are holding you down. We want freedom from those, but then there's two more pieces of the puzzle. And that is discovering your purpose Mm -hmm. Why was I created? God created you on purpose for a purpose. What is that purpose? And then making a difference with that purpose, right? Yeah. Once we kind of begin to experience those four things in our life, those four promises from God essentially for us, once we begin experiencing those in our life, well, then we start to live a life of fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And it's the life that God wants for us to live, right? right. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm so much more of a testimony for him and an example for him when I'm living a fulfilled life mm -hmm. versus when I'm not. Right. Because when I'm not living a full life, I'm walking around with, you know, frown on my face and I'm grumpy and I'm upset and I'm yelling at my kids and, you know, honking the horn. <laughs> oh, you, you know? do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I love my kids. But yeah, uh, every now and then, every now and then. One of, my, one of my biggest struggles, I'm being a little vulnerable with you guys. One of my biggest struggles is is the road, like driving on the road. Mm -hmm. Here in Burleson, we have a, a an exit ramp and there's a yield there and people never yield there. And I'm like, you got to yield. So I can, I can, you know. If if I'm not finding fulfillment, I'll lose it right there. That that it's all rap, right? it's all there. That's the test for you to see if you're uh, you're walking with God. That's correctly. right. Yeah, 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 that's right. But if I'm living a fulfilled life, then I'm I'm a much better example for Jesus Christ. Absolutely. I'm a much better testimony for Jesus Christ if I'm living the fulfilled life. Mm. Well, if you go back to the know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. Well, discovering my purpose and making a difference, those are really important pieces of the puzzle to experiencing that. And so if I'm ministering to the person in front of me, 
I get fulfillment from that. I mm -hmm. thoroughly enjoy that. Right. One of my gifts is, is, is teaching. One of my spiritual gifts is teaching. I love teaching. And so when I can sit down and go back to the council, provide counsel to someone, well, that's me understanding my purpose and making a difference within my purpose and ministering to the person in front of me. I'm using my gifts, the, the gifts that God has given me to make a difference in the community. And, and uh, I, I think that um, I think it's important for us to understand what our purpose is and how we can make a difference in the community. And uh, a lot of times we think, oh, you know, well, especially for ministers and people pursuing ministry, oh, it's going to be on a stage. A lot of times it's ministering to the person in front of you. I think it's, I, I think you're spot on with like the focus of like one person at a time. Let's minister yep. to one person at a time. Yeah. And it, it's so cool that that was like one of the big takeaways from just the experience. You know, it's one thing, like I've always wanted to write a book, you know, and uh, I thought the first book I would write was going to be more of a, kind of like a memoir, kind of like biography, you know, like, oh, but then I started thinking like, no, nobody you know, like, yeah. if you people would care, you know, <laughs> right, but like yeah. having an experience and then kind of talking about the faith journey through that experience was like exactly what I feel like God had called me to do to write the first one, you know, and the yeah. second one, we'll see what happens. But uh, to, the, to the fact that like that experience is so cool to have the book. But now that I have like the experience on the other side of it, it was almost like I was like trapped in like the writer kind of uh, focus and like being so like consumed by it every single like, you know, week of my life, editing, editing it. And yeah. uh, just being, you know, immersed in it that now that I'm, I'm, you know, off now it's out, I feel like this kind of like, whoa, I can look back and be like, that experience was so bizarre. That was so crazy. That was so like, it taught me so much more about ministry than I could have ever learned by doing the podcast and, and being at, um, at, at church or whatever. You know, it, it, just, it was such a deeper insight and it was only one mission trip but that one mission trip was a life-changing experience that i that i yeah. can take away and i like you said you feel fulfillment i was you know um i got a buddy that's you know leaning into uh video editing and he just downloaded adobe and he's like just going all he's going in with it you know and i just built him i i was so hyping encouraging with him and i started feeling joy just by you know hyping him up yeah uh, my brother-in-law is like thinking about doing um playing music at like local venues and stuff like that and i'm over mm -hmm. here like giving ideas out you know like hey you should do you know i used to know this venue and i'm over here just like so pumped because he's actually going to like he's going to pursue his passion yeah and that's what i love and i want to help other people do that based on i don't want to say like my success from doing that but mm -hmm. i've i've done a lot of different things that are passion related and found a way to like you know uh reap you know financial benefits from it or uh get fulfilled while doing it and having you know that freedom to be like oh i do this and like yeah i'm cool with you know doing that and not you know taking the chance essentially taking the leap of faith i yeah. want to help other people take the leap of faith yeah and that's what the ministry looks like for me right now. Yeah, I think that's important. You know, I, I think a lot of people get stuck, um, get stuck a little bit, in, you know, in a rut. Yeah. And like we have ideas. Mm -hmm. um, I have I have uh, someone that I'm, you know, been spending some time with. I had lunch with him a couple, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, man, heart, attitude, demeanor, everything. Such a winner, like a mm -hmm. winner from 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 an individual standpoint. Um, love spending time with him, love being around him. And uh, has ideas. I, I think I can do this, and I, I kind of feel called to do this, and I want to do this. And I'm like, man, go do it. Yeah. Go do it. Do you know, it, do pursue it. it. Do you know, it. do it. You know, I think a lot of people hear, you know, uh, this, the scripture, God gives me the desires of my heart, mm -hmm. and thinks, oh, cool. You know, uh, God's going to give me the car that I want. You know, God's mm. going to give yeah, me nah, a Tesla. That ain't it. You know, God's going to hook <laughs> yeah. me up, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was that was for you, Taylor. Yeah, uh, thank you. you know, uh, Jack coming your way. All right. But you know, we got, God's going to give us the desires of mm -hmm. our heart. Right. Well, I think the, uh, we, we kind of missed that a little bit. And if you read it from a different perspective, it's, it's, I think it's kind of like the idea that, that desire, the desires that I have in my heart, 
come from God, mm. right? The things that I want to do are, are God inspired, you know, and a lot of people get, you know, spiritual gifts or you know, uh, spiritual gifts and, and, and natural abilities kind of confused a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Natural abilities are, are talents and, and, and passions and things that God has given us that we pursue, um, to help us personally, kind of help us in our day-to-day walk and in, in, in our life. Um, now God can take our natural abilities. Like I, I, I play music. I, I enjoy playing music. Well, as a musician, that, that's a talent. That's that's a kind of a passion that God that, that I think God placed in in my heart. And for a season of my life, I played music in church every Sunday, right? And it got used as a spiritual gift. You. Yeah, man, it's it's been a few minutes, but um, <laughs> God used that as as a used the spiritual gift of worship, used my natural ability, and and, and redeemed it for the spiritual gift of worship. Mm. And I think there are passions and desires in each of us that God has placed there, and uh, they just kind of lay dormant. Right. You know what I mean? But then once we kind of, okay, I have these dreams, I have these desires, I have these passions, like my buddy I was talking about, I was like, man, go go pursue them. Mm-hmm. God's going to open doors. If, if that's what you feel, if, if that's what God has laid on your heart, go do them. And, and doors are going to start opening for you, yes, especially bro. if it's God's God inspired. I mean, you're a testimony of that. Like yeah. all, all the cool things that have, that have, you know, have happened for you over the past couple of years, those doors will start opening. Um, and then what you find is you find that the passions and the desires that you have, God starts redeeming them and using them you know, and, and to, to, to better his kingdom. Absolutely. And you, you know never I mean? know who you're going to reach through your passions. You know, like I started this and I, I swear, I thought if four people listened, I'd be happy. Yeah, I swear. <laughs> I was like four, like yeah. want to hear what I got to say about Jesus. All right, cool. Yeah. You know, and then I'll fast forward. We're like, you know, we're so far in the game that, um, that I've seen the fruit from it, from people just really receiving, you know, God, because, cause I feel like we, we present God in a way that they won't hear on Sundays. Mm-hmm. You know, we present God in a way where it's 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 deep and relational. It's and that's the thing. It's just very intimate. It's taking what happens with God personally and mm-hmm. making it public for people to you know experience and having great conversations with other people who are believers that have walked a a different path but are on yeah. the same walk with God. You know, and uh, it just opens doors for other people to you know you're ministering to the one listening. You know, mm-hmm. at, at all times. You know, I had a I posted a clip yesterday on my Instagram of the newest episode. And I was like, man, it got one like, and I was like, we do it for the one <laughs> though, baby. You know, yeah. like I got the one in front of you, you. know, and like, yeah. if you switch your perspective of like, Oh, I'm going to start playing music, but I'm afraid because nobody's going to like it. Or, uh, Oh, I'm not going to get a whole bunch of views if I, or subscribers, if I start a YouTube about, you know, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, bro, if you reach one person, you're making a true difference, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and that, I, I feel like that, mentality will will save you because mm-hmm. at the same time it's like it's so easy to get lost in the sauce of like you know discouragement and like yeah. uh haters or whatever the case may be but if you really focus on like yo one person listen to that though mm-hmm. like that yeah. was that was my art that was my passion i put everything into that one thing that i did and one person liked it you know and then if you yeah. get 10 views you're like hey 10x baby right. you know, yeah, 20x, yeah. Yeah. you get 20 views you know so uh russ one of my favorite artists in the world everybody that listens to the show probably knows about mm-hmm. now uh he says that if you detach yourself from results you win because mm-hmm. you know that's that's what holds you back is when you put yeah. like a false expectation of what should happen yeah i'm i may be about to take us down a path that you know who knows if, if yeah, you, feel free to pull back if you need to right <laughs> but you know you think about it uh, I, I love i love i love studying culture i love looking at culture because i think mm. You know, especially for us as Christians, as believers, um, culture is all around us. 
right? We have our kind of, as, as Christians, a lot of times you'll find yourself, depending on the church you're in or environment or whatever, kind of its own culture, but the big picture culture is all around us. And that's part of our responsibility. We're, we live in the world, but we're not of the world, right? Mm -hmm. And we're supposed to be a light in the darkness and all those kind of things. And so I, I enjoy studying, kind of looking at culture and studying culture. And one of the things I've noticed about culture, especially today's culture, is going back to what you said, you know, you got one like, you got one view, you know, you got one listen, you know, whatever it may be. Well, and you said det detaching yourself from the results. Social media, YouTube, you know, this, this kind of technological world that we live in, I feel like has created such a results-oriented and driven mindset and culture, mm -hmm. even for our kids and teens. Yep. Right. It's not just, you know, uh, uh, you know, the, for, for the guys who are listening out there who are in the sales world, they're not there making sales, you know, or medical sales or, you know, roof sales or whatever it may be. Right. Well, you're analyzing numbers and looking at it, it's competitive and it's, you know, it's, it's results driven. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, now that kind of mentality has permeated into students and teens, uh, kids even, and they're not, I, I don't feel like they're emotionally and mentally equipped to be able to handle that. And so the refresh, the, the the perspective, the refreshing perspective of like, hey, you know, we're one, one viewed and, and we're making a difference, mm -hmm. right? That's important, especially for the church, the, 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 for the believers to embrace and understand and not get so focused on, hey, I made this post about my walk with God and, and this, this revelation that God gave me. And man, it only got two posts or two likes. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, so-and-so posted their, their revelation, like 150 people liked it. Right. You, you know what I mean? We look at that. And because we're so results oriented and results driven that uh, we kind of miss out on the fact that that, no, that revelation was for you. Right. Like, like that was for, <laughs> for me. Sure. You experienced it. Yes. Yeah. And it was, it was something for me, but I wanted to share it with the world and mm -hmm. nobody else listened, you know, nobody else paid attention. And so we get so focused on the results aspect of, of society and culture, uh, especially with social media so prevalent there that we miss out on really true relationship, you know, one-on-one right. -on -one relationship and one-on-one, one-on-one ministry. And so I think that's a, that's a struggle that we're, uh, we're kind of off. We're facing. still working through it. Right. Yeah. yeah. We haven't, we haven't figured it out yet. We're still learning. And, um, to, to bring Russ back up, he has this quote that I want to share with you. That's so good. I think you'll like it. He says, uh, focus on the, what forget the when, and never forget the why. Okay. So like focus on what it is that like you're called to do. Yeah. Right. And don't put a timeline on the success or what's to come from it. It could take a decade. Would you yeah. still do it? Would you put in the work to still, you know, tr chase your dream and chase that passion? Yeah. And the why. Don't forget, like, why you started, why you do what you do. Mm -hmm. And I just love that quote because it, it shows, like, it, it's all about just it's falling in love with the game, not the points. Yeah. You know? And yeah. and, and I think your, your daughter plays soccer, and I'm sure you have to teach some mm -hmm. things in that regard as well. Yeah. And uh, I just think it's powerful. I'm a... I'm a Cowboys supporter. I, it it hurts sometimes, but I, I'm a Cowboys supporter, all right. But I I like Jason Garrett. I've always liked Jason Garrett. I like mm -hmm. Jason Garrett from back when he was. He's in the booth now. Yeah, he's in the booth now. He's, I, I I enjoy listening to him. I loved him even back when he was because he's know, a redhead backing up Troy Aikman. That's right. That's right. Has got to stick together, man. That's right. But even back when he was he was backing up Troy Aikman back in the day when I used yeah. to watch him as a kid, right? I always loved. I thought Jason Garrett was cool. Well, one of the messages, and obviously I wish for better results for him here with the Cowboys, but one of the things I truly genuinely appreciated about what he said is trust the process. He was mm -hmm. always talking about the process, right? Yep. Like he was always talking about the process. And then I go and look and like Bill Belichick's talking about the process. You know, we're wow. going to trust the process, yeah. you know, go to Coach K, uh, you know, or, uh, you know, at Duke, he's trust the process, right? Like there's, there's always, there's, there's always a need. There's, I shouldn't say there's always a need. 
I think a lot of times there's a desire to see the wins, mm-hmm. to see the points right away, right away, right, right away. away. Yeah. You know, we become Christians and we're so on fire for God. And we're like, man, we're going to go do this. We're going to go tackle right. the world. And then, you know, we, we kind of fail in our yeah. own perspective and what right. we think we wanted to accomplish when God's like, well, t- just, just trust the process. All right. I'll yeah. get you there. Plant, plant the seeds. Yes. Yeah. I, I'll get you there. I'll get you. There. Let's focus on the process. And, and if the process is right and the God inspired and, and submitted to God, well, then the process is going to put you where you want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've, I think I'm pretty sure I, I told you this. I, I've, it's been a big part of, of my life kind of throughout the years is that uh, a calling always makes way for itself. Mm. Right. And, and so, you know, you, you feel the call of God in your life to do a certain thing and kind of go back to the passions and the desires and your ministry and all this kind of stuff. You know, you, you feel this calling on your life. And a lot of times what we do is, is we, we start looking at the results and we try to fast forward the process. Yeah. We, we try to fast forward to the results aspect of it. When in reality, we'll just take it one day at a time, spend some time with God, work on it one day at a time, work on, you know, what we're working on, working on, work on what God is leading us to do one day at a time. Then, uh, We'll, we'll look up, you know, you know, however many years down the road and realize, wow, that was an amazing process. And I, I wasn't so focused on the results that I actually enjoyed the process. Right. I enjoyed the learning and the stretching and the growing and the hurting and the, you know, all that to, to put me in a position to be able to, to do what God's called me to do. Absolutely. And it's about the 1% getting better every day. You know, yeah. if you can, 1% is a good number. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Brick by brick. And uh, it just shows like even, even to be a personal testimony about this, like from Recording in a duplex to recording in an RV <laughs> to recording under a tree to recording in a office space to a church and now we're we're here you know so like yeah. there's just been so many you know you know ebbs and flows of of just a cycle of of trying to figure it out and just you know keep doing what you love like I love like I feel so good like when I'm doing the podcast like I just feel like it's real it's natural it's fun it's exciting yeah and it's like I can't. Even if I'm, even if I lose money doing the podcast, you know, it's like it's it's always still a win, and it's gonna pay off. It has paid off. It's opened doors. Right. You know, it's uh, it's gotten you know people to really get to know me better and get closer to me and just uh, closer to God first and foremost. And mm-hmm. um, it's just it's open doors. And and I feel like anything that you do that pursue your passion, like you were saying earlier, does open those doors. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the encouragement, um, the encouragement, if if I if I could offer some right now, is is for those who are listening that are that are trying to figure out what your passion is or trying to figure out what your next steps are or feeling in a place of complacency. Mm-hmm. Cause I think all of us, you know, we go through different seasons in life. We do. And sometimes we're sitting in those moments of complacency in those seasons where it's getting kind of tired and tired and kind of frustrating and God, what's next? Where am I going next? And it just, it, it's super simple. And it's, it's going back to what I said a second ago, trying to keep it simple. This is how I think. Yeah. Spend time with God and be willing to listen to what he's telling you and then take it one day at a time, you know, that passion that God's given you, begin to pursue it. You know, even if it's even mm. if it's small. You know, if, if you if you writing a book, you know, if, if it's if it's writing a book, write yeah. a paragraph. Start with yeah. a paragraph, Absolutely. right? Like just 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 start and and one day at a time. Um, I I, I love Craig Rochelle. I'm a big Craig Same. Rochelle listener and supporter. I love Craig Rochelle. Uh, his leadership podcast is amazing. His sermons are amazing. And um, a couple of years ago, he he started out the year kind of giving a. Um, uh, like a, like a new year's message. Mm-hmm. And the new year's message was, you know, f- a, a lot of people do new year's resolutions. We've got this long list of resolutions. You know, I want to do this and I'm going to do this this year. And I'm going to do this this year and this, 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 this. And one of the things that, that really impacted me is kind of going back again to what we said a second ago, where we, we, we try to plan so much for ourselves. We try to do so much that it's overwhelming right? and we can't focus on it all. We can't pay attention to it all. And so one of the things he did is I think it was, I think the title of the sermon was one thing. And he said, take one thing this year and let that be your thing this year. 
Like mm. that's what you focus on this year. Yeah, just if, one. If it's health, yeah. then this entire year your focus is on health. I like that. And the reason is, is because what you're doing is you're taking an entire year and you're building a habit around that one thing that you're working on. I really like that. Well, then next year, if that one thing is, is you know, financial security, well, that whole year you're going to meet with a financial advisor and you're going to implement a budget and you're going to, you're going to save and you're going to do all this. You're building a habit around that one thing. Yeah. And then the next year something else. And what you're doing is you're, 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 you're stacking these habits that you've created that are focused habits. You're stacking them on top of one another. Mm. Well, then you're going to get 20 years down the road. You're going to have this list of 20 habits that you've built. Yeah. Right. Again, it's, it's, it's kind of pushing past the results aspect. I, you know, yeah, I want the results of, you know, I want the results today of being super healthy today. Right. Yeah. But it can't happen in one day. And so if I just trust the process of focusing on that for this year, this year is my health year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to focus on that. That's what I'm focused on. Then I think it will be able to, to, to look down the road and realize that the process was actually beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I enjoy going to the gym and working out. I enjoy that time because I'm listening to podcasts sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just need some music. Like yeah. I'm, I'm struggling to get in there that day. And I'm like, all right, God. I'm sure give me some music. Let's, let's find some music. You listen music. to worship when you're in there, right? I listen to Christian hype playlist. All right. <laughs> Do you really? There's a Christian hype playlist on Spotify. <laughs> Go check it out. Yeah. Uh, well, what's on there? Like Lecrae or some Lecrae? of it? Yeah. Yeah. Lecrae, uh, Andy Minio. There's a little, uh, little techno, like house Christian house music up there. Get, get a bounce. They got Christian house music. Yeah, I got to check out this yeah, playlist. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, you know, sometimes you just need to get hyped, you know, yeah, and you need it. a little bit, but I enjoy going to the gym mm-hmm. and that's part of the process. Yeah. Like I enjoy the part of the process because it's my quiet time. It allows me to kind of mm-hmm. calm down. It allows me to, to decompress. It allows me to pray sometimes. It allows yeah. me to listen and, and bring in information. But that that quiet time, that 45 minutes to an hour that I get every day, um, well, not every day, but <laughs> 40, 40 minutes to an hour that I get, it's 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 it's, it's good time. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's good always a good time. time. It's just yeah. the, the struggle of going or like make, having the time to go that, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I went today after our breakfast and uh, I enjoyed it. I even did some swimming, no big deal, All right, you know? There you go. Uh, Turner was supposed to come with me, but he bailed on oh. that and the podcast. So oh. we have oh. to mention that real quick. Yeah. Shout out Turner. He'll, he'll, he'll be Turner Schwartz. He'll be with us shortly yeah, we'll, on we'll, another we'll episode. We'll get him one day. Yeah. Uh, when you said the habits thing, it kind of reminds me of, um, you said you're on chapter 20 in the Proverbs every morning with your, you do it with your whole family, you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, have you, how has that been? Have you seen any fruit from that? Has that been a good way to start your day? Like, can you talk more about that? Yeah. So I've, I've done this for um, probably a couple of years now. Uh, to be honest with you, I haven't been extremely consistent with it. Um, I'll do it for a season and then I'll just, especially during the summer, cause we're, I'm not waking up, you know, my normal time, kind of my routines kicked out, right. Cause yeah. kids are out of school, but when the kids are in school, I have my routine, you know, I'm up at, you know, between five 45 and six every day. And that's wow. my, that's my time, like my, my quiet time. And, uh, I used to, I would read Proverbs during that time before, when I got up before the kids got up mm-hmm. and, um, you know, my wife, Catherine, she knew that we did that. She, she, her idea props to her. She was like, well, what if we did that as a family? We just read Proverbs every morning, read a proverb every morning. Mm. And so um, I go through and I've got like everything. It's different. Every time I go through the proverb, like each month, I highlighted a different color. Mm. So every time I go through like, you know, Proverbs chapter 20, they had like 10 verses highlighted all different colors because each time I read through it, something else is is sticking out to me. And it's kind of mm-hmm. something I'm focusing on. You know, I've talked about the intentions thing twice today, right? right? Because it's something that 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 I read this morning that 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 was that that resonated with me. And so I think reading a proverb, reading a proverb every day, you know, it's not going to get you something super spiritual. It's, it, it, proverb is very practical. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, you know, hey, do this, don't do this. You know, spiritual people who, wisdom. Yeah, people who do this are going to experience this. People who don't do this are going to experience this. You know, yeah. 
And it's stuff that you can take and practically apply every single day. I'm a very practical person and I like having stuff that I can just, I can apply. And so the beauty of Proverbs, reading Proverbs every day is that I can go through and I can look and I can, I can try to pull something out every day that I'm able to, um, every day that I'm kind of able to focus on a little bit that day. Yeah. And I'm not going to remember it, to be honest. I, there's, you know, I'm probably not going to remember it tomorrow or 10 days from now, but hopefully maybe something that I've received, something that I've pulled in, you know, um, something that I've pulled in from, from Proverbs that day is, makes a little adjustment in my life and helps mm -hmm. me put me in a better position to, to minister to someone, you know, one-on-one yeah. -on -one today. And so, I mean, it's already had an influence on you. You mentioned it twice today and it's, right. uh, you were excited to share it at a small group this morning. And, and like you said, you know, when, when, you know, we talk, let's talk about the entertainment industry because that's just mm -hmm. what popped in my head. They're trying to, you know, flood your mind with all this stuff. The media trying to flood your mind with all this stuff. It's like if you don't take that time to put in God's word yes. into your body, into your eyes, into your heart, into your brain, yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get led the opposite way just because of the lure of the eyes, the lure of what you're seeing, mm -hmm. the stuff you're taking in. So if you don't, if you can start with a proverb, and I actually spoke about this on like a few episodes ago, yeah, and made like a little clip and everything about like the value of reading like a proverb or Psalms a day mm -hmm. and what it does for you. It like kickstarts your day mm -hmm. and gets you to choose the spirit over the flesh. Yeah. And um, so I, I commend you for that. That's awesome that y'all are already on, you know, chapter 20. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're going to run out soon. What are yeah. you going to do when y'all run out? You're so going to we'll, start over? We'll start over. Really? So every okay. month, every month we start, like we don't do it on the weekends, yeah. right? It's Monday through Friday, but every month we just start over. And so it's just, we're, we're it's just repetition. Mm -hmm. You know, repetition is the essence of education. And so if I'm continually receiving this and it's continually, like you said, being put into my, into my spirit, mm -hmm. then it's going to come out. You know, um, I think that, I'm going to kind of tie three things together in this next statement that we've talked about over the past few minutes. But, um, you know, with my girls, 13, 10, and of course, Charity at two, um, she's she's up for the proverb sometimes. Sometimes she's not awake for them. Right. But, you know, for the 13 and the 10-year-old. We'll give her grace. Yeah, we'll give her some grace. She's <laughs> given us some grace, too, by not being awake yet because she's usually running around saying, where's my yogurt? Where's my yogurt? While yeah. we're trying to read a proverb. But, um, uh, you know, you talked about the entertainment industry and and talking about culture. Um, you know, I, I see it, especially with, with my, with my girls, um, you know, sometimes we don't see it with ourselves, but the people that we love the most, you know, we, we, we especially see it with them, the influence that is being put on them, uh, the, the emphasis, the attention that's being placed on them by the entertainment industry and by social media and by their friends. If you're not careful, you'll just, you, you'll just take it all in. Mm -hmm. Well, what you take in comes out. Right. right. And if you're taking it all in, taking it all in, taking it all in, all the the the, the negativity and the the you know depression and, and things we're dealing with and you know uh, insecurities and all this because we're taking all this stuff in because we're seeing it. Yep. In fact, you know, we we the, the girls used to watch this this TV show and they loved it. Well, I, I sat down and watched it one day with them and I realized the dad is like the butt of every joke. Like yeah, the and that's not good. The dad's the bubbling idiot of the show. Yeah. And they're all la like the laugh track is like the loudest when the right. dad, you know, like trips over the table and like right. everybody points out of the laugh. And they you do that I mean? for a reason. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. Well, what I what I what I saw, and actually Catherine kind of recognized it. She goes, The girls are kind of treating you like that. Like they 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 they, they treat you that they don't wow. see you in that level with that level of respect. And so, you know, that we we turn off that that, that TV show. You know what I mean? And for me personally, even for as a as a well, I was a young, a young grown man. Um, you know, I didn't I grew up without a TV. We didn't have a TV in the home growing up. And so I didn't get to watch a whole lot of movies. Right. Like I was super behind on Star Wars mm -hmm. and I uh, went and watched like all six episodes in one night. I definitely wouldn't recommend that. All right. Uh, but you know, I had to get like caught up. Well, there was a season <laughs> in my life where I was like, Blockbuster, 
you know, RIP, RIP Blockbuster. But back in the day, like the manager at the Blockbuster over on Hewland Street knew me because I was in there like every night getting a new movie. That's hilarious. Well, I I, I look back on that now. <laughs> I was like, man, what, what can you give me? Like, what did I miss out on? You know, yeah. give, give me what's next. What What's cool? What, what movies did I miss? Well, I look back on that season now, and I was not very spiritual during that season. Yeah, that was your party phase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was your yeah. college party phase. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I didn't, I wasn't too crazy. You know, like I said, raised in church, raised to be a pastor. But yeah, that was my. But that's crazy that Catherine recognized that. And I feel like that is like, you know, um, I feel like the word uh, discernment mm-hmm. is, um, I feel like it has a big umbrella to it. I feel like that yeah. is discernment that yeah. she made in that observation. It was a very like, she saw that this wasn't, you know, benefiting to the family and cutting it out. And I think yeah. that, that's, that's super wise. And a lot of parents, um, I feel like would be hesitant to make that decision or pull that or, or even paying attention to what their children are watching, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a big thing, you know, you seeing all this propaganda and stuff yeah. and, um, them pushing, you know, kids in one direction to mm-hmm. detach the family and, you know, especially feminize the culture and stuff like that. So yeah. it's, it's very, very um, inspiring and, and awesome to hear that she caught that and y'all made a change from that. Yeah. I think it's, I think as parents and as individuals, we have to be, we have to be uh, aware of it mm-hmm. because, you know, like during that season, when I was watching all those movies, I wasn't, I wasn't very spiritually focused. Right. My mind wasn't in the right place. I, I wasn't, you know, I, I was, I was, I wasn't leading mm-hmm. as a, as a, I wasn't pastoring the way that God, God wanted me to, because I was spending so much time just bringing in all this, this junk. Yeah. Now I'm not saying movies are bad. I'm not saying don't watch movies. I love a good movie. We still sit down and watch movies. Yeah, as but a you family, were like, you know what I mean? You were consumed by it. That was your God. Exactly. That was your idol at the time. Exactly. Right. And it goes back to, you know, what am I bringing in, mm-hmm. you know? And so, uh, going back to, to, to Proverbs, one of the important things for us, um, as a family, one of the things we're trying to accomplish, and I'm not saying we're perfect in any way, shape or form. But one of the things we're trying to accomplish is we're trying to protect, um, we're trying to protect what's, what's being brought in, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not just TV and movies, but music too. I mean, music, some of those songs out there are just outrageous. It, it's, it's crazy. You know, we're trying to protect what's coming in. Um, and one of the ways that we've tried to accomplish that is by putting, you know, putting proverbs at the beginning of the day mm-hmm. like the first thing we take in in the morning is is god's word mm, you know i love that and then one of the things that that i do now with my, my 15 minutes a lot of times before the girls get up is uh, it's again big kind of popular in the in the, in the church world is, is first 15. Mm. you know it's, it's the first 15 minutes of my day you know five minutes of praying five minutes of worshiping five minutes of reading Dustin, yeah. uh, um dutch sheets has a a ministry called that oh really give them 15 yeah, yeah. it's all about you know your first 15 minutes yeah. of the day getting started with god yeah you know and for like for me personal finance side we we, we tithe we we give the first 10 percent of of our income mm. and the reason is not because it's 10 percent; it's because it's first it's it's the first you know 10 percent that goes out mm. because we put god first and so we put god first in our first in our finance but a lot of times we don't put god first in our time mm. you know and it's not about a tithe of your time it's about putting him first in your time god i, I want you first i want I want your Holy Spirit in me before anything else fills me up, before anything mm. else has the opportunity to be cursed by the world and culture yeah. of God. I want you in me first. I like that a lot. And so, you know, now for me, that first 15 is important. And then getting my girls done the Proverbs and trying to show them, you know, life lessons and things that that God's word says about how to live a blessed life. Yeah. And in the short term, it can seem like it's not working, but it, there's long-term dividends that you're going to see, you know, and we, we talk a lot about, you know, we have, you have a 13 year old, I have a nine year old and like, uh, my son's turning into a preteen as we, as we know it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're having to balance and juggle some things at 29 that, that, that nobody showed us and taught us. But at the end of the day, it's like, once you, once you put in those, you instill those values in them and, and you work towards, you know, having them raised up in the word, there's long-term dividends that pay off for that. Even if it feels rough and rocky in the, in the beginning. So yeah. I encourage you to keep doing what you're doing, man. Thank you. I receive it. You know, I think we've always told the girls, 
you know, in, in your world, in, in your, be the influencer in your world. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't necessarily be the influence, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If you can walk into a public school and a middle school and to your elementary school to, you know, your, your soccer team or your cheer team or, you know, whatever it may be, if you can walk in and be a light for Jesus Christ and a light for others to experience love and joy that, that God has given you, that, that's, that's what we want to, what we want to help you accomplish. And so what we found is to be able to do that, you, you've got to be taken in the right stuff yeah. because if you're not taken in the right stuff, you're not going to be able to walk into that position. You're going to be the influence right. as opposed to being the influencer and having the word of God come into your heart and spending time in prayer and, and, and having that relationship, truly knowing, having a relationship, not just knowing about, but having a relationship with God, knowing God and spending that time with him. Um, that kind of puts you in a position to be able to be that example, be that light, even in, even in the darkness. Yep. Even in the times that we're living in, man, it's more, more important than ever. So yeah. Dustin Watts truly appreciate you. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on to the show. Uh, I would say, do you have anything you want people to go follow or check out, but, uh, you're not very big on social media. Yeah. Uh, so I truly appreciate you coming on, man. I hopefully, Absolutely. um, I can connect you with some more people that uh, are looking for some, uh, financial guidance and some ministry guidance, uh, going yeah. forward. And uh, I'm just grateful for all you've done in my life, man. I truly yeah. appreciate you. Absolutely. Bro. Well, I'm honored to be here. And a plug to everybody listening or a, a recommendation for everybody listening, subscribe and tell everybody else to subscribe. All right. Yeah. Start a group chat. Send, send a link. Send a link. With the I Like Birds podcast to your buddies. That group chat that you have that just goes nuts all the time, mm-hmm. right? And you look up and you've got like 50 messages from it. Yep. Well, let one of those 50 messages be the I Like Birds podcast because it's worth it. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Especially on the YouTube. We're trying to get the video game right. Taylor's helping us out with that. We have this awesome studio now once a month for the next three months at least. So uh, we're excited for the future of the show. And we appreciate all you've done for it, Dustin. And uh, looking forward to more friendship and more good talks. Yes, absolutely. All right, brother. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Taylor. We appreciate it. Uh, And make sure you uh, pick up a copy of 21 Days in Africa if you haven't yet. It's on Amazon. And you can go to ilikebirdsministry.com if you ever want to check out some merch or find out more about us or uh, support the ministry in any way. All right. Cheers.